Welcome to Graduating Grief, a podcast designed to help you step back into living your life with joy after loss. If you're ready to move from surviving to thriving, you've come to the right place. Here's your host and inspirationista, Sherry Dunleavy. When it comes to our own grief journey, a lot of times what we know is that it is our own individual journey, but there's something to be said about knowing that you're not traveling this path along. And my guest today has done something that ensures that you are not traveling this path along because gentle reminders are being sent to you on a daily basis through something called Grief Coach. Emma Payne is my guest today on uh, this episode of the Graduating Grief Podcast. Emma, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Sherry. Glad to be here. So tell me, um, we're talking about, what, what is she talking about, Sherry? What's Sherry talking about when, when she's saying you don't have to travel this alone? Um, you've created something that's uh, very unique, very special, and very meaningful. Tell us about it. Thank you. I'm very proud of very proud of it. Um, yeah, so we have built a tool called Grief Coach, which sends text messages all year long, personalized, created by all kinds of experts. So personalized based on um, the person that you've lost, your relationship to them, the cause of death if you choose, um, anniversary dates, birthdays, and so on. Um, and you get personalized texts a couple times a week for a full year to support you in that in that loss in your grief and along your along your journey and i my favorite thing of all is that every time you sign up if you want to you can add in friends and family who want to help and then we will also text your husband your mom your best friend and remind them um, that tomorrow would have been jonathan's birthday this would have been an anniversary date that was important and also resources along the way to help them help you uh, that, and that is so important in the grief journey because so many times people don't know how to step up and support it's you. It's actually, I mean, that's why I created Grief Coach. The design was always about helping friends and family who don't know what to do, don't know what to say, fear keeps them away. Um, if we can support the supporters, and in our experience, 99% of the time, there are people who want to help. They just truly don't know how. No one's taught them. We're not equipped. So when we give them the tips and suggestions, they're very grateful and they're relieved. They don't have to sit in a support group or read a textbook or they just sign up and they get a couple of texts a week with practical suggestions for how to help their their person. Their and that's person. exactly why I wrote my book. You know, how can I help? It's the helping right. the helpers help those who need it at a time when they need it the most. Yeah. It's the only and scalable answer, right? There's never going to be enough therapists, support groups, even if there were, most people can't afford it. We've got wait lists as long as can be imagined at the moment. But if all of us um, learn how to help, if we all flex our flex our grief muscle and just get a bit more comfortable supporting people after a death, then then I really don't think people need to walk the journey alone. Most of us have someone who wants to help. Yes. And we just don't know what to do, what to do or what to say. So um, did this start from a grief journey? Of course, of course. <laughs> there's, al there's always a sad story um, at the beginning of um, any time you talk to someone who works in this space, I think. But uh, so for me, um, six years ago, my friend died. I had 
it was my first time being with someone when they died and very much part of the six months that led led to led to the end and he had asked if i would speak at his funeral mm-hmm. um which of course i agreed to do but once he had died it was a pretty daunting proposition because he was both the best friend but also second cousin of my husband who had died a decade prior by a suicide okay. so essentially what i realized is that i had agreed to fly across the country and stand in front of hundreds of people i hadn't heard from in a decade and because Barry and I, my husband and I were together, I was with him from 19 to 31. We're talking about all college friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, right? Your whole social circle. And um, uh, while some people leaned in when my husband died, a lot of people vanished <laughs> into thin air. So, um, so I arrived in Toronto for the funeral and when I sat in my pew right from the beginning, because I was seated up front, because I was speaking, um, you know, people were like, oh, who are you? How did you know? My name's, oh wait, I'm Emma. Oh my goodness, are you Barry's widow? Yes, I am. I'm so sorry I didn't reach out. Yeah. I'm his aunt. I said, yes, I know. We didn't know what to say. And I essentially spent 72 hours all the way through the pub night <clears throat> with people telling me that they felt very sorry they hadn't reached out, that they were ashamed, actually. They felt guilty about it. It had bothered them that they didn't know what to do. Then it felt like too much time had passed. Then they thought, well, she's fine. Or um, So on my plane ride home, I just thought, like, this is so crazy. This is really crazy. I just had a 100 people tell me that they did love and care about me and just didn't know what to do. Uh, and that they felt truly badly about this for a decade. (laughs) And in that same decade, I wasn't hearing from people that I would have wished to hear from. And because Barry died by suicide, I invented lots of reasons for why I might not be hearing people from people. And they weren't true, you Mm -hmm. know. And at that point, I'd spent 20 something years building web and mobile applications for other things we'd done. I'd done suicide prevention work and um, mobile apps to get young people registered to vote. And so to me, I just thought, this is just actually silly. It's not that difficult to let people know how to support people after a death, what would be the cheapest, simplest, most scalable way to do that so that you're asking for the least effort from the supporters and that it's not tasking the griever with yet another thing they need to do, which is educating and supporting the people around them. So that's why I chose text. Wow. That's, um, how did you feel when they were telling you this? Was it, was it like, ah, now I understand. Or were you feeling a little bit angry? Like, oh my gosh, Uh, it's that hard people. (laughs) No, it was not. It was weird. Like I still think of it as a final gift from my friend Mm -hmm. who had died because if he hadn't asked me to speak, I'm not even sure I, if I hadn't been there, I would have spent another 10 years or 20 years or 30 years and spinning, spinning other stories. So no, I didn't feel angry at all. I felt kind of the opposite. I just felt that it just seemed silly. I mean, Mm -hmm. because, you know, it is hard to know what to say when someone dies. And the fact that we would be left feeling guilty or ashamed about not knowing what to do, but no one's taught us what to do. So it just brought me firmly into the place of, 
how do we help people know what to do? It's, and the thing is, is I think that when you come down to it, it's, it's not that difficult. It's, it's not, that's the funny not, thing. We, we way overthink this. We way over, I mean, that's, that's what's hilarious actually. Yeah. Um, I was in, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago um, and one of our subscribers was in the, with a, one of our subscribers and she lost her um, dad when she was in her twenties. Uh, and she found our texts to be a really critical part of her journey. She had felt very lost. No one she knew knew anybody who died. She didn't have the language for it. So she's getting texts for her um, about um, her dad's death. Mm -hmm. And she found them to be very helpful. But she added her husband and she was newly married and she added her husband as one of her supporters. And she said, you know, I don't know what you sent him. I have no idea what you texted him. I never asked to see. But I know that on my dad's birthday, he'd made a reservation at dad's favorite restaurant. And that, that's where we went and talked about my dad. Mm -hmm. um, and she was giving other examples. And so we asked her husband, how was it for you? And he's like, it's such a relief. Like, this is so easy, actually. So one minute, he's watching his wife falling apart, unable to process, really, really struggling. Um, and then, you know, a few months of text messages later, and he has these practical, helpful things because he's a good guy and he loves her. Right. And he's like, this is actually not difficult. In fact, it's really meaningful. And in fact, it's made us stronger than ever because it's not actually hard. Right. It's not actually hard to use the name of the person who's died and to get in the habit of telling stories and to jot down when their birthday would have been and so on. Right. So... The first, so how long has, has this been, how long has Grief Coach been in uh, existence? We just passed a few weeks ago, the three-year anniversary of when we sent our first text. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on it for about five years, but we've been live and sending texts for three years. And so who do, how do you come up with these texts? What do you know what to say? How do you know how to do it? I mean, who, where are you getting all this information? We have the most beautiful texts. <laughs> we have um, hundreds of expert contributors who have expertise in all kinds of different areas. So whether it's um, sibling loss or violent death or, or drug and alcohol related or cancer deaths, parent loss, um, young widows and widowers. The thing is, there's not a shortage of wisdom, mm -hmm. right? For for generations and generations, people have become, we have, we have bereavement experts across the country working in hospices and or nonprofits who are so wise um, and are exceptionally good at supporting people in death. So we have worked with lots and lots and lots of them based on their particular expertise. We craft text messages when they when our experts see the messages, they're thrilled because for them, they want to reach and help more people. And it's kind of cool to see your wisdom going out via text. Just to, if you're a sibling person, then we just text it to people who have lost a sibling and so on. So yeah, we have some pretty beautiful wisdom baked in there from lots of lots of different experts. 
So I would imagine if this has been three years that um, it's been in the making, two of the three years have been during the pandemic. This has been a real lifeline for people. And how have you been encouraging people to step out and offer support in a time when you weren't really allowed to be with them, so, so to speak? Yeah, so we went live in February 2019 and in March of 2020, yeah. we had to actually pause the system in order to add a cause of death, which we ne I never, <laughs> of all the iterations I imagined doing to the system, I hadn't thought that there would be a new cause of death that we would need to address. And all the messages that suggested, you know, go knock on their door, give them a hug, didn't apply. So, um, well, unlike everybody else, it was a personal, it was a very difficult time. Personally, like my kids weren't going to school and never, I mean, it was, it was upheaval. Um, <clears throat> but it's been pretty profound also to be a year into running a grief support company that delivers expert support remotely and safely as a global pandemic um, comes down. So it's been, it's been pretty profound. Yeah. It, I, I, yeah, I would see that it would as well, because it's not like you can just walk into your local community center, senior center, uh, church, and go to a grief support group. Yeah, all the support groups are closed down, in-person groups, in-person therapy, everything was shut. Uh, funerals, I mean, just everything. So it just seemed, so it was, it was um, you know, a scramble in some ways, because we're, we're a brand new company, we're only a year old at that point, and we're trying to as everybody was trying to navigate um, this global situation and do the best that we could to have our techs be supportive in that in that situation. Um, but I guess, um, I don't know, that, that this sort of makes me feel like kind of philosophical. I don't know. I don't know why it happens that that was the timing and that's when it happened and that's when the funeral was, you know, uh -huh. I don't know. Um, but it's been pretty amazing to see that we can, um, I mean, we just had a text this morning back from a subscriber who's been getting our messages for maybe maybe six months and just saying how impactful it's been for her. She tries to support her friend and it's text. I think that text feels more so than even an app. It feels personal and private. And because we have people's names in it, you know, it's, hi, mm -hmm. Sherry, we're sorry that Matthew has died. Here's a resource picked just for you because we know that you were a caregiver to Matthew. Like, mm -hmm. it feels personal and private. And actually, a lot of people prefer that. Not everybody wants to sit in a group. Right. Exactly. Even in non-COVID times. Right. And not everybody can afford $150 an hour for a therapist, even in non-COVID times. So... What began with me thinking I was doing something that was sort of the smallest wedge to give as many people as possible a bit of support, over time we've realized actually text is amazing for this. Mm -hmm. And especially the wraparound text that goes to friends and family too. It just has a kind of, at a time that we've all been craving um, connection, it actually does help people it's a private messages of support to help you support other people in the real world, even in this time. Right. So 
pretty amazing um the effect and, and like you were saying you do are you are getting feedback and so you know that it's being effective that the messages are are helping and i think that you know how we started this podcast is that you know it is an individual journey but we just don't want to feel alone in it but exactly. you know, we have to take the steps ourselves we have to travel it um you know it is our individual journey but just to know that there's others on the path that can that can help us that understand that have been there is mm -hmm. it just it just changes everything i think that's right we focus on being uh, on normalizing and being empathetic but also practical it's text so it's definitionally short mm -hmm. so it's digestible and consistent over time and both practical and empathetic and normalizing too because we get incredible. I mean, we just we uh, launched a survey tool less than a year ago now. So we've started running surveys of whole groups of sus subscribers with our hospice partners, for example. We're getting like, I mean, it's almost doesn't even seem possible because not everyone wants the same kind of thing you would think. Mm -hmm. But we're getting you know 96% response rates of grievers saying yes, this is helping me in my grief. Um, and I think it's because most of us um, want to understand what's happening is normal. I've got short-term memory loss right now because it's different messages at different times, right? Different messages at two weeks than you would get at two years. So that feeling of, okay, I'm not alone. Here's this beautiful four minute video from BJ Miller explaining that grief is the gap between what you have and what you wish you have. Okay. That's a thing for me to think about today and then I take it forward for the next couple of days and then I get the next little gem of wisdom or whatever it might be and it feels good. Mm -hmm. You feel heard and, and yeah. accompanied. And you're yeah, accompanied and um, in some way, yeah, just knowing, you know, I, that's why I said between the last grief journey I was on that started with my son back in 1999 and then the, the path of grief that I was on last year, the difference of knowing uh, what I didn't know then versus what I know now is that even though I don't feel okay, I know I will be. And just mm -hmm. knowing that was enough this time. I think that's beautifully put. And that's, I would say that I feel like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I will be okay, that there are evolutions that will happen here as we, as we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just this is part of it. This is part of the process. The pain is, is all part of it. But if I just stick to it, put one foot in front of the other and journey through this, I'm going to be okay. And uh, you make it easier for um, the griever and those who love the griever. And that's a wonderful thing. So how can people um, find out more about it? Uh, website is grief.coach. And it's very simple and easy to sign up. There's a sign up button there. You can sign up for yourself. You can send a gift subscription. I think it makes a pretty awesome uh, alternative to another bouquet of flowers. <laughs> uh, subscriptions are $99 for the full year for the griever and their supporters. So we're trying to keep it really, really reasonable. Less than an hour's therapy, less than the bouquet of flowers. Um, and it takes about five minutes to sign up and the person gets their texts right away. And it continues until their anniversary date? Is that? Until the subscription runs for 12 months from mm -hmm. when they sign up. Okay. Yeah. Right. And people sign up at all different times. You know, naively, when I was first mapping out the idea, I thought that people would sign up when someone dies. Not true. In fact, people sign up 
two years after someone dies, five years after someone dies, they sign up when they need support, when they realize I need something more here than I've been getting, or I would really like it if the people around me understood that um, grief lasts a long time and there are things that I'm struggling with in ways that they can help. So sometimes people sign up right away, um, but sometimes it's later and that's fine too. Emma, thank you very much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Graduating Grief Podcast. For more information on the Graduating Grief community, workshops, and retreats, go to www.sherrydunlevy.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, and share.